Hey y'all, this is Jeff. You're listening to the my uh, top 10 TV of 2021 podcast. I just wanted to give a quick spoiler warning. If you're not caught up on Succession, we got into like the the later episodes of season three a little bit. If you don't want to be spoiled, it starts around 53 minutes in and we talk for about like nine minutes about it. I don't think we spoiled anything else, but uh, I just wanted to warn you guys. All right, have fun. All right, bye. you're listening to Jeff Grant's Evolving Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to TV today. I'm sitting here with a very old friend of mine who I have actually haven't seen in 20 years. Probably a little right. over. It's been longer maybe than that, 20, yeah. Not 25, probably 23 years. We don't have to talk about it's that. It's been part. a long time, yeah. <laughs> we're not that old, trust me. Yeah. Uh, this is my, my friend Jack Brewster. We were in elementary school together. and um, We did a magic show together. We did. You remember I was, that? Yes. I was actually going to ask you about that. <laughs> Do you remember that or not? <laughs> That's actually a funny story. Maybe we can get into that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you want to hear that story, but yeah. That, uh, was, that was funny. <laughs> basically, like, uh, I wasn't planning on doing a like top 10 of the year of TV or movies or anything. I've done those in the past, but uh, I was kind of working on other stuff, and the year was getting away from me. And then uh, I, I listened to, like, this podcast, The Watch, and they'd done a top ten, and I, I was like, "This is cool!" And I, Great I podcast. posted a yeah, Jack and Jack listens to that. I'd posted a picture of it or something on like Instagram and Facebook, and he had responded and was like, "Hey, if you want to do one, I'd be down to do it." And I was like, "Oh, really?" So I've done episodes like that by myself, and they're always kind of okay, but they're more. It's way more fun if you're actually talking to another person about, about yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's a lot harder to do it by yourself. I know. So it's cool that we probably have. Sort of similar tastes. I don't know. It's kind of funny because we hadn't seen each other in forever, and I just came over to his place, and then uh, we set up the microphones. We have our lists. I don't know his list, and he doesn't know my. Yeah, we're list. recording this in my way too small apartment, by the way. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for letting me do this. Yeah, it's cool. no, it's great. I'm happy to be here. Happy yeah. to be on your podcast. Thank you. <laughs> so we're, yeah, it's kind of it's funny just to like random like suddenly like see somebody you hadn't seen in a, in a while and now we're talking about our favorite t- television shows of the year but uh i had a question that i was going to kind of ask or something that is interesting to me about this stuff and it might it, this will probably be answered as we're talking about the shows and stuff but uh i was wondering like what do you think attracts you to certain shows or what, what why do you feel like you respond more to a certain one show versus another show or it's just like a taste thing, think, really. But I think now with TV, it's, it's gotten so broad that there's, like, anyone can kind of get their taste in, like, what they like TV-wise, you know? Like, if you're into comedies, you're into romantic comedies or whatever, you, you know, there's something out there for you. But I look for stuff that's, like, really original, mm-hmm. and I look for good writing, of course. But if I find something that's original and unique and, and well done, that's what I really respond to, you know? And I think we were kind of, like getting in the post-prestige TV era in some ways because, you know, we had the, you know, the Mad Men, the Breaking Bad, the Wire, you know, Game of Thrones, all these big, big budget prestige TV shows. 
and there's still some of those, you know, like Succession, but I think nowadays we're, we're in a more of a niche market, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of the shows on my list are kind of, I guess I would say, I'd hate to say smaller shows, but more, you know, niche, shorter, kind of interesting shows than, than the sort of big ticket items, you know, yeah. so that's kind of what I'm looking for now. Yeah, I was wondering if like some of the shows I was respond, you know, like a show will come out all at once on Netflix, or it'll be like every Sunday night on HBO. Now, or do you something. like the streaming model where it's all at once, or do you like it like week by week? Well, in the moment, it's fun to you know watch it all to at binge once. Watch it, yeah. But the the ones that usually after we'll, we'll go through my list, but I think a lot of some of the ones that probably hit me the hardest were the ones that I had to wait for and like. You know, think about each for a week and and stuff like that. It's fun to have a show like that happening when you can kind of be in on the conversation around it and hear the theories and stuff. There's shows like, like this might not be on either of our lists, but like uh, Underground Railroad, for example, that I thought was like, it probably shouldn't have been released all at once, you know, because it was Mm. like, it needed to be kind of spaced out a little bit. But then there are other shows I'm like, yeah, just show me the whole thing because... So is it going to be more enjoyable if I get to talk about it like all at once, you know? Yeah. Like Squid Game is one of those where it's like everyone kind of like wanted to watch it, but then let's wait a week or two and then let's all talk about it at the same time, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it depends on the show to me. Yeah. This is going to be cool. You're bringing up shows that are... I've seen... I think I only watched one episode of Underground Railroad and I kept meaning to get back to it, but it's such a like... It's a heavy, heavy show. show that is, I was yeah. kind of... I thought like sit down... I, you know, after a long day, and I'd be like, yeah, I just yeah. want to watch like some no, dumb. No, you just want a beer and just want to watch someone get killed or something. Yeah. You don't want to <laughs> necessarily sit through like, yeah, the Civil War and you know slavery and all that. But, but still, it's, it is an impressive show in a lot of ways. But yeah, okay. Well, uh, do you want to just? We can just go ahead and start. Yeah, let's go ahead and. We're uh, gonna do it. Where if uh, we're gonna start at our number ten, and um, if he mentions one that's on my list but lower we're probably going to go ahead and talk about it and we'll 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 figure it out as we go but that's kind of the format yeah, that we're working with. Okay. Podcast, uh, start off. why don't you start you want me to start because i have a weird one out of the gate so that's good okay so one of the things i try to do is do some of the different streamers as much as oh, i could so yeah. it's not necessarily like every streamer had a show on here but i felt like i should try to like branch out a little bit with the exception of Apple TV, because I don't have Apple TV, so yeah. sorry about that. I just had to had to draw the line at one of them. But okay. well, I'm canceling the podcast right now. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. If all ten of yours are from Apple TV, then we're we're you know, we're out of luck on this one. Um, <laughs> but my first one is Doctor Death, and this is on uh, Peacock Network, and it's an eight part docu series starring uh, Joshua Jackson, Alec Baldwin, and Christian Slater, and it's based on a real story of a a doctor in the Dallas area, actually. I think his name is, is Deutsch, Dr. Deutsch. But he maimed or killed like over 30 of his patients. Oh my gosh. And it's a, it's a true story. It happened uh, like between 2012 and 2014. And I was completely unaware of it. There was a big article about it in The Observer and uh, a lot of local media, but for some reason it, it kind of skipped my attention when it happened. But, you know, being in this area and seeing someone, you know, that was one of the most accomplished doctors when he graduated from medical school, coming here and then doing this, it really shocked me. And there's a documentary that accompanies it. If you want to watch it, it's also on Peacock, but or you can just read about it. But the docuseries was really compelling, in my opinion. I think it's maybe the best performance Josh Jackson's ever given. Um, he had kind of a, a resurgence on the affair not too long ago. Mm-hmm. But he's really compelling as this guy. And the best thing about it to me was it never really 
they never fully answered the question as to why he did what he did, whether it was kind of incompetence, whether it was lack of training, whether it was his drug and alcohol addiction, which there's many cases of him being high or drunk when he was performing was these surgeries. Was it on purpose? or? Well, that's the thing. It never really tells you for sure if it was on purpose oh. or it's just his um, kind of lack of awareness, which is kind of the most compelling thing about it to me. It doesn't really answer all the questions about yeah. why he did what he did. But, you know, he was high on cocaine a lot of times when he was doing surgery. He was drunk on vodka. Sometimes he's out partying the night before. But then on top of that, they go back into his training and, you know, he had uh, not as the, not enough residency hours, I guess, for what he should have been doing. Mm. So that was part of the story. Kind of a guy that was overtaxed in a lot of ways. He was doing, you know, research grants and things like that while he's performing the surgeries. So there's a lot of reasons why he might have botched these surgeries. But there's also a case to be made that he was a psychopath and he did it on purpose because a lot of them are like stuff that supposedly second-year med students wouldn't have done. So I haven't even heard of that. Yeah, it was it was kind of under the radar this year. Yeah, that's cool. It was cool. on Peacock, and it was kind of a, a short miniseries, but I thought it was really, really interesting. Wow, okay. Dr. Death is what it's called? It's called Dr. Death, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was my number 10, and uh, mostly, like I said, just because it's really interesting. It's not yeah. the greatest TV show of all time, but I just found it really interesting. Yeah, I'm glad you... That's cool. I'll have to check that out. I don't have Peacock, but... Well, I think you can get this one for free. Oh. I think it's on the free plan. Okay. But if not, you can get it on the five ninety nine plan, oh, okay. I guess. Yeah. With ads. Cool. So. Uh, my number ten is kind of it's definitely one that more people have heard of Yeah, one. yeah, that uh, was out of left field, I know. No, this was I, I was wanting to because they started doing all the uh, Disney Plus like Marvel stuff, so I was like, I want to include one of these shows. Sure. And uh I don't know if the one I picked was like the best made one, but it was the one that I just liked the most, and it mm. was the newest one, the Hawkeye, okay. um, that just ended like last week. And I'll be honest, I knew this was probably going to be in my top ten. I think for me, I thought the show kind of peaked on the like third episode or like mm-hmm. half, halfway through, and I didn't feel as in- engaged in it as like as it kind of went on. But uh, I still liked it, and I don't know. I think it might have been a little higher until like. The finale, I was kind of like, oh, that's... Yeah, okay. I didn't finish it, so it's one of the reasons why I didn't make my list, but I saw the first two or three episodes, and I, I liked it. It was good. Yeah. I won't say more, much more if you haven't seen I don't want to spoil well, anything I know, on that. I know uh, some of the spoilers because they've been leaked online, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> the whole Daredevil tie-in with uh, Kingpin yeah. and all that, I've heard about that. But, but yeah, it's uh, what, I, what I saw, I liked, and I like... One of the things they're doing now is I kind of like is they're, they're having this kind of mentor relationship, so Hawkeye... He's he's in the the show, but there's a female young younger woman that's like doing the most of the main stuff in the show. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like him training her and helping her out. So I like that dynamic in it. That was like my my favorite part of the show was was those two, and when it was like kind of focused on the core. There was another character that came in later that I thought was really interesting. The characters that they would bring in were interesting, but then it felt like it was like a show about two people with like a cast of like. 40 people or 20 mm. so you kind of it kind of does that marvel thing where you're you're like they're just setting up other stuff and well, you kind of get yeah. kind of like oh come on that's the constant shell on. game that is marvel is it's always a, <laughs> there's always something behind door number three that you have to like pay attention to but yeah it's fun but it's 
I mean, I like I watched all the Marvel stuff. I like I enjoy it, but it's usually never like my absolute favorite. But it might be my n- number ten. So of the uh, of the I don't want to spoil the list, but of the Marvel shows on Disney Plus this year, the WandaVision and um, Loki and and Falcon the Winter Soldier and this one, which one did you like the best? Um, out of the other three or the oh uh, uh, yeah, the ones they did this year. Um, I think Hawkeye was my number one, and then. Just I mean, for personal reasons, but I thought that Loki was probably like the best made. Like mm-hmm. I was actually really impressed by like. The, That's the one I haven't seen, so I, I, maybe I missed out on that one. I didn't. I think I'm less interested in like the multiverse kind of stuff sometimes, mm-hmm. so I I wasn't as invested in it. But I thought like the production design and everything was like really well done, and I think Wandavision would probably be next. I and liked WandaVision. Probably, that was the one I kind of liked. Yeah. If I was going to put a Disney show on here, I think it would have been yeah. the one. Because I thought it was really, it was very different than anything I've seen on Disney. Yeah. Now, of course, like you said, once they get to the final few episodes, we've got to go back into the Disney realm again, or the, the Marvel realm again. But the first few episodes, for sure, I thought were really yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I was really into it, like, probably about the first half of the series. And maybe into, I don't know. The and I just love uh, Catherine Hahn in that show. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> she, Everything she does is great. So, think, is, isn't she getting his, her own? I, I feel like they, I heard that they were doing like a spinoff show with about her character, Agnes. Uh, what's her name? The, the witch. Yeah, I don't know if they are or not, but she's she's great in that show. Yeah, yeah. I've seen her in a lot of like smaller stuff over the last few years. I'm mm-hmm. like, every time I see her, I like her. Yeah, me too. Uh, but yeah, that's good number ten. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what's your number nine? So this is like a guilty pleasure because I will I will readily admit this isn't like the greatest show, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna do with the uh, Dexter New Blood. Yeah, the, okay. the Dexter revival. Dexter was one of my favorite shows for the first three or four seasons, the original one when it came out, and I made the case before that you know the first four seasons were really good, but they happened to be around the same time as like Mad Men and Breaking Bad and a lot of those shows, so I think it got kind of a little underrated by some people. Mm. And then, unfortunately, the show really started to go downhill in, like, season five. You know, the second half of season five I thought was terrible. And it just got worse and worse, leading to maybe one of the worst finales we've ever seen outside of maybe Game of Thrones. But <laughs> that's <laughs> debatable which one is worse, you know, Game of Thrones, Sopranos, or, or um, Dexter. But they're reviving this show with Clyde Phillips, who was the original showrunner. And it's a very different location. It's not in Miami. It's in upstate New York. It's it's kind of, you know, it's constantly snowing and cold out there. You have um, Clancy Brown, who a lot of people know from, you know, Shawshank Redemption and, and Billions. He's the main villain in the show. But it's also, um, if you watch the show Dexter, he had a son named Harrison uh, back in season four. And this is kind of what happened to Harrison after the fact. And he finds his dad, you know, many years later, he's now a teenager, going through teenage problems. But one of the dramatic points of the show is whether or not his son has inherited the tendencies that his oh, dad okay. had these serial killer tendencies. Because, you know, Dexter was, was sort of, quote unquote, born in blood. His mom died in front of him at a young age. Well, Harrison had the same thing happen to him if you watched the original Dexter. You know, Trinity killed his mom at a young age. So is he the same as his father? And you're starting to see some of those tendencies in, in recent episodes. And it's kind of Dexter trying to be a good dad, but also being aware, have I created someone you know, similar to myself in some ways? Hmm. So that's the really compelling part. There's some stuff I don't like. You know, there's a lot of 
subplots and there's the usual Dexter gets out of every jam with something. <laughs> it's kind of like MacGyver. You always find some reason to get out of something. But yeah, I think there's some really good writing and good performances in this one. So oh, I liked it. Dexter is a, kind of a blind spot for me. Like I just never yeah. watched it when it was originally on. I don't think I was watching a lot of TV like right around that time. Around 06, yeah. And I remember like everybody being really into it. Like I've heard people, I know people have been watching it has the new a, one and stuff. It has a love hate relationship for sure. Like people really love it or really hate it. It's kind of up and down, like yeah. quality wise. Or Well, I like Michael C. Hall from Six Feet Under. Yeah. Because yeah. um, he, he plays uh, David on that show. And a lot of people don't remember he was winning Emmys for that. And then he goes to do Dexter and he's right there in the same area. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his performances are terrific. But, like I said, you know, it, it's not the, the sharpest written or sharpest directed show. So, yeah. Kind of a guilty pleasure for me, I guess. All right. Well, I'll go to my number nine, which is kind of a guilty pleasure as well. Which I don't, this is one of those shows that, like, I think it's, like, kind of amazing, but I don't know anybody who watches it. <laughs> but it's a. Uh, it's a how-to with John Wilson on HBO. Oh, I have not a, seen this, no. This was actually my number one show of last year, just because it kind of came out of nowhere. It was John Wilson is this guy that he lives in New York City, and he has a camcorder or cam- camera, and he just goes and films like all this random stuff, and he'll narrate like a an episode about like like one of them this season was like about like how to enjoy wine or something like that. And it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of him talking through like all these different things, but, but then he'll incorporate footage from like all this random stuff. Like there'll be like, <laughs> it's hard to explain. Cause it's so, it's kind of out there and it's only like six episodes a, a season, I think. And, uh, it kind of knocked me out like last year when I was watching it, I will say some of the episode or I don't know if people are bothered by like content and stuff. I think the fourth or fifth episode of the first season, something happens in it that I was like, <laughs> I could. It was very memorable, but it might be more than it's, some it's people want to see. Too memorable to say on this podcast, or <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember the. I mean, if it's really X rated, I don't want to get you in trouble or anything. But I'll, I'll skip it for now. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of stuff with TV these days where you're like, "This show's great," and then you yeah. talk to somebody and they're like, "I just don't like dark stuff or yeah. things with that cussing or." whatever maybe it's one thing so you explain kinda, it it sounds worse than if you just watched it yeah yeah it's i think what i like the most about the show is it's very random and he'll he'll be talking about like the one about wine that was on this year i think it was like the third episode or second episode so he's going around trying to like talk about like how to work on the, your palate and like like learning to appreciate different tastes and stuff and he's talking to all these people who like they're like i don't know it just tastes like alcohol to me or whatever and uh He's at a bowling alley and he's talking to this guy about like the smell of the the lanes and stuff. And then like the guy brings up that there's this brand of bowling ball that has like a scent like inside the the holes for like the, your fingers and stuff. So he's like, what? And so he goes and he he smells that. And then then he decides he's going to go to the the manufacturing plant for these bowling balls. And then he goes there and he's talking to these guys about making bowling balls. So suddenly it's like a show about making bowling <laughs> balls. And then this guy like walks in who works there and he's got like all these like energy drinks and stuff and he's like mm. got like a, t- a hat with like an energy drink logo and he's like super into all this stuff and so he's kind of starts talking to this guy's like why what's the difference between these two different flavors and then it kind of just turns into the, now then he like becomes like he starts following all these like people drinking like energy drinks and it just kind of it's one of those shows where it's yeah. it's very it goes uh, off on like tangents and stuff yeah. yeah and you see people on there that you would just never see on tv and it's hilarious like 
but it's, I think it's one of those shows that it's it's like right in my taste. Like it's it's something that I think very much appeals to me, and I, I think it's like awesome. But I don't know if other people would like it. Like it might be kind of weird. Is it, is it funny? Is it meant to be like a comedy or? Yeah, it's it's kind of like a comedic documentary t- series type. Would it be like it's like an of, Adam ruins everything kind of thing or, or something? I don't know. If, I know it's it's produced by uh, Nathan Fielder, who did like Nathan for You. Yeah, Nathan. And, uh, okay, yeah. It's kind of got like the that type of. Not quite that type of humor, but it's it's like a very sardonic. The way uh, he's the the juxtaposition of like what he's saying versus like what's on the screen. It's like I don't know. It's it's really no. It sounds interesting. I, I like right? it a lot. It's, it's on HBO. A, yeah. Um, how to with John Wilson. How to okay yeah no I'll check it out. Yeah, that's, that's that cool. Interesting. I like shows like that where they they explain like how something works or how something yeah. It's kind not. Of really. it, I would say it's, he doesn't usually. It's more like a personal, his personal version of it, and it, it just keeps he keeps getting distracted and all this stuff, and it it kind of just. It, it's one of those shows where you sit down, and you just don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like it could be about how to meet people or or some. There's one episode that's about like uh, awning in New York. It just talks about like the awning like that's outside all the buildings in New York. <laughs> And you'll learn something, but it's it's not really like an educational thing. It's more about like him just like rambling about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's, he's a he's a comedian. This guy. I think he's just kind of like a documentary filmmaker okay. kind of guy. And he used to make videos like there's like on Vimeo. He's got uh, stuff, and it was I think it was just picked up or Nathan Fielder had heard about it, and I think he had a deal with HBO, and then. He kind of just goes around and shoots like random stuff throughout New York City like all the time. So then, like on his computer or something, he's just got like footage of like all this stuff. He's got he's got to like file it by like a fat man walking across the street like carrying like a bunch of pizzas or something, or like mm-hmm. a dog taking a crap like on the sidewalk or like just like all this random stuff will like suddenly show and it's it's really funny. But yeah. No, I definitely check it out. Yeah. HBO has so much to watch on it. It's so hard <laughs> to like keep up with everything on HBO. Yeah, like they've, they've always got something different and interesting. So that's cool. It's one of those shows that I think some people would love it, and some people would just be a little weirded out by it. But if you have kind of an odd taste and stuff, it's I kind of want to do more documentary slash stand up, like stuff like that on my my list. I have a couple of those, but. I ended up with a lot of scripted dramas. Yeah, so. most of my stuff is more but scripted that's, uh, type stuff. And something like that happens, that's really cool. So that was your number nine? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so me and you had a conversation about this, whether or not this should have been a TV show, but I put this in the eighth spot. It's uh, Bo Burnham's Inside mm-hmm. this year, which yeah. I know you've seen. I thought it was incredible. It's yeah. one, of the, one of my favorite things this year. And, you know, if you're not a Bo Burnham fan, he's a, he's a stand-up comic, but he is always musical comedy. Um, there's not really anything to compare to him. I guess maybe Steve Martin in the 70s would be kind of the closest comparison, I could say. But kind of like performance art slash comedy, you know, in, a, in, a, in this case, kind of a documentary style. But it's about the pandemic and his, you know, thoughts on the pandemic and him being in his house the whole time and recording all this. You know, he recorded it in 2020 during the, during the mm-hmm. pandemic. And it's, I mean, it's hysterical, like all of his stuff, but it's also really insightful. I, I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what was your th- thoughts on it? I was kind of, I was really blown away by it. It's, it's kind of crazy. In one way, it's exciting because it's one guy. Pretty much all of it's like in one room. It's like a, looks like it's like a guest house. That, yeah, I think it's like one of his house houses he owns, and it's like, yeah. And he, it's, he, just, he would just go back there and like Pretty try to write songs, room. and it's all filmed and edited <laughs> together. And you're, the filmmaking is like really 
impressive. Like you're kind of blown away. It is, yeah. He's somebody that I was working with some guys and they, they would always talk about him. And it was kind of that thing of like somebody's talking about some comedian. You're like, oh, okay, that sounds mm-hmm. cool. Or they'd sing the song or, and they tell me to check it out and I didn't ever get around to it. And then uh, I remember when his movie Eighth Grade came out, like he decided to start be- being like a director. Yeah. And I went, I went and saw that. Yeah, I loved it. I was like, man, was that was like great. 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of yeah. got in, more into him like through that, and then uh, then I'd heard about. I think I'd watched some of his stuff by that point. Then this came out, and it kind of just. It's funny, but it's also it, it's, it's it's very emotional. And to and me, it's one of the last like really poignant stand-up things I've seen. Like if you go back to like Eddie Murphy Raw or. Um, trying to think of some of the other like John Leguizamo when he did his stand-up special or some of the more uh some of George Carlin's early stuff like some of these comedians they're not just funny but they're influential in some ways and I think Bo Burnham is one of the last of those those kind of comedians in some ways and I think his stuff is just incredible like uh his song Pandering, have you ever heard that about making fun of country music? <laughs> I've probably heard it. I can't, I'm not sure if I remember it now. It's, just, it's, just, it's one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever heard, but you know, you can tell I'm pandering. But it's, it's like him making fun of like how country music's like play to a, a certain audience to make money instead of like just writing good music. And, and he wasn't talking about all country music. He was, you know, he was mentioning like there's Willie Nelson, Dolly Parton, people have done really good country music. But he's saying that a lot of the modern country is kind of just doing this mm-hmm. one thing. When he takes aim at a subject, like he really takes aim and I thought in this one he was like so insightful on all of our collective anxiety about the pandemic and yeah it's not just yeah like what you're saying it doesn't it's funny but it it feels like a I, I don't know there's a lot of just big truth in it and it felt very of like 2020 or, oh, yeah. two, or whatever yeah. it came out right it's or like a when like he a made t- it that like way. a time capsule in a lot of ways yeah know? Like, if you watch Eddie Murphy's Raw, you know, like, it's it's problematic, obviously, today with some of the stuff he says. But it is a time capsule for 1982 or 83 mm-hmm. whenever he made it. This feels like you can watch this 20 years from now and you would be like, oh, that was 2020 when the, when, you know, when the pandemic happened. But He's like a comedian, but he's also interesting as, like, an artist and kind of – it feels like he's operating on different oh, levels. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, he's visual, musical. Like, it's not just comedy. Um Welcome to the internet. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've probably listened to that song twenty times this year. Because <laughs> he's right. It's, it's so funny because he's like, yeah, this is what the internet was and the promise of the internet, and now this is what it's become. It's just this toxic wasteland, basically. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that was my number eight. But cool. uh, anyway, like thank you for letting me put it on the list because I wasn't sure if it should be on the list or not. Well, when you mentioned it, I was like, yes, that'd be fun to talk about. There's so much stuff that came out this year, and there's a lot of like cool like movies or stuff like that where you're like what is that is that a tv show or a movie or yeah i saw it, it didn't definitely come crossing even... genres where it's harder to pick this stuff like when we were mentioned we talked about maybe doing like a top 10 movies of the year and i that almost like breaks my brain a little bit because i feel like i've i've seen a lot of stuff in the theater but i feel like half the stuff i've seen has been at home and i'm like what i've seen this? nothing in the theater i saw spider-man uh, last week which i love but <laughs> yeah that's the last it's the only movie i've seen in the last two years because wow. of the pandemic yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah but i finally ventured out for that one so that was fun yeah i go pretty regularly i just yeah go I'm by yourself dumb. in the middle of the day so yeah <laughs> except <laughs> spider-man that. was like very everyone I saw was that not by myself yeah. in that one no you couldn't get a seat hardly <laughs> i got the last two me and my sister saw it it was, it was hard cool. to see but okay, yeah, that's uh, yeah. eight. Go ahead. What's your All right, my number eight is uh, kind of getting back to like a, a scripted drama type show. This is one that came out recently on Netflix. It's Made, called Made. It's 
stars Margaret Qualley. Mm-hmm. She was in like The Leftovers and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So I'm going to let you talk, but I'm going to say this is number three on my list. Oh, so cool. It's our first crossover. I was wondering, because th- I feel like a lot of my stuff is kind of more like dude-centric or mm. stuff that type of stuff, just because that's just... Well, not all of it, but anyway. But this is about a young mother. Her daughter is like maybe three years old or so, or so and she's in an emotionally abusive relationship mm-hmm. with her the I think they're married they might be yeah I think so it's based on a book that was I think like a memoir that uh, it was so a lot of I think it's basically a true story and uh it basically follows her she's like a stay-at-home mom and she's doesn't have a lot of options and her family's like all falling apart and really it's just about her trying to get out of the the relationship and find her way and it's called made because she kind of ends up getting a job at a house cleaning service basically and that's kind of how she sustains herself and i feel like i watch watch a lot of shows where i'm not necessarily rooting for the characters or Mm -hmm. i don't care about them like in a personal way but for her like it's kind of a show that you're hoping for the best for them you feel bad when something bad happens i don't know is i feel like it it was a different kind of way to watch something but I, i i was just kind of like that was just a good show like I, thought, it was, I thought it was incredible yeah it, it really was and the more I, I thought about it i put it higher on my list because i thought margaret crawley who uh, hasn't been in a lot of stuff she's in a once upon a time in hollywood i think most people know from that but she's the daughter of uh, annie mcdowell mm-hmm. who's also in this yeah who's, who's great in this but that's another cool part of the show yeah yeah i, I didn't Seeing even remember that together. when i first started watching i was like oh wait they are that's her, that's her daughter yeah. yeah but um I thought it was just incredible. I thought her performance was amazing. And uh, Nick Robinson, who yeah, plays yeah. her fiancé, husband, um, her man in this, he, he's incredible in this because, you know, a lot of times when they show abusive relationships, they show you the worst side of it, the, you know, the physical abuse or, you know, the guy's just a complete jerk. And in this, this show, they really show you how he's able to be charming and seductive and manipulative but also then there's this dark side to him that comes out. And it really, it plays with your emotions as a viewer a lot of times where you're like, oh, maybe he's not so bad. But then you go, oh, wait, yeah, he is. He is this bad. And you're kind of in her headspace of like, yeah, there's a, think, am I exaggerating this in my mind? Or am I, you know? Yeah, there's different times where you're like, well, maybe, you know, they can get back together. But then you watch it and you're like, no, they, they definitely can't get back together. And, um, I think there's an episode, maybe episode seven, I want to say. I can't remember, six or seven. But but where she goes to this really dark place where she's imagining herself, I think, in like a tree or something and, mm. and just kind of sunken into the ground. She's laying on the couch. And it really shows you the social anxiety and the fear and the depression kind of manifesting itself all at once. And you go, well, is this is this girl going to get out of this situation? You know, And you're right, it does show you the her her job as a maid and working for these rich people on this island and her struggles there. And so there's a, there's a little bit of a class, you know, I don't say warfare, but like class discrepancy thing in this as well. Yeah. But, and there's some, a lot of toxic masculinity in this, you know, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was one of the best things I saw all year. That's cool. Yeah. I, it felt like a show where I feel like people could watch it, like who are in that situation and feel, you know, understood or, or uh, maybe, encouraged in some way which mm-hmm. not a lot of tv i feel there is tv that does that but i thought it was 
Yeah, it's ultimately hopeful. It doesn't end on a dour note, but it takes a long time to get there. Yeah, and, and you understand. It feels, feels yeah. like it's very realistic. Like it feels very earned. It yeah. yeah, it doesn't just say, "Oh, well, you just moved to a different town, all your problems are solved." You know, it's yeah. like the problems continue, but there is a there's a way to get out of this situation. Yeah, and I, I think uh, Margaret Qualley, I think she's one of the best young actresses we have. I've seen her before, and I've I've liked her and stuff, but I was this was like a really yeah, she's in once upon a time in Hollywood, but it's a very small role, very flashy role, but small role. Yeah. And I think she has been in some other stuff. But this is the first time I saw her and was like, man, this this lady could be yeah. an Academy Award winning actress in the next She series. has a very unique quality to her. Like she seems like a real person kind of thing. Right? Yeah. Know. She's she's I mean, she's very beautiful, very charismatic, but she also does like you said, she seemed like a real person. Yeah. And yeah, this was a this was a good one. Yeah. This was like this came out like right around the time of Squid Games and I was like Man, Netflix is killing it right now. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> There's a reason why Netflix is number one. They they do some good stuff. Yeah. So. They know what they're doing. And that was cool. your number That eight. was my number eight. So number eight, or, okay. uh, What's your number seven? Another one more in the personal story side was uh, my number seven. This is Reservation Dogs. Yeah, okay. This was on uh, Hulu. I don't know if it's FX on Hulu or Hulu. I think it was on FX, but then they air Yeah. Or, the, or like FX on Hulu. The whole FX on Hulu thing confuses <laughs> the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the HBO versus HBO Max thing. I'm like, is there actually just an HBO or is there just, is it always HBO Max? I, I don't, I don't understand the the delineation. But like, like for example, like Impeachment, American Crime Story, which was terrible. That's not gonna be on my list. But um, <laughs> that was just FX, I think. And then there's that was a weird one because I kept looking for it on Hulu, and then it was like, yeah, no, it was just FX. Yeah. But then there's just Hulu. But then there's FX on Hulu. So. I think that was an exception, I think, because like the Ryan Murphy thing. I think yeah, maybe there's with a lot Netflix, of rights deals, there's like I think, connections. So we're like, but, he had to give stuff to Netflix for five years, but he's also yeah. but the American Crime Story story originated before he did the Netflix yeah. deal. So very confusing. But anyway, um, but Reservation Dogs, FX on Hulu. That was my um, number fifteen. Number fifteen. Yeah, I had those. So couple. you went past ten. You had you had fifteen. Okay. I just I just put them all. I had all. The, <laughs> I had them all. Like I wrote down a bunch down on a cards, and then I kind of shuffled them in the right order. Or the, you didn't have fifty, did you? You didn't work. No, on this I, like. I only went up to like sixteen. <laughs> okay, so that if you had fifteen, you would have gotten this on there. Okay, <laughs> makes sense. No, go, okay, go ahead. Sorry about that. No, 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 that's cool. Um, but you have seen it, so that's good. Oh yeah. Um, but this is about um, kids on a, a Native American reservation in Oklahoma, which. You know, I'm, I'm part Cherokee, so I, I didn't mm. grow up on a reservation, but I had a lot of family reunions in Oklahoma, so I, I know this kind of area really well, and it looked a lot like Oklahoma. Oh, really? Yeah, and I, I actually looked it up. They did film it in Oklahoma, um, but it's That's all really, yeah. um, it's cool. all Native American, you know, creators, actors, directors, but but it's about four kids who are, you know, it's called Reservation Dogs. It's kind of a play on Reservoir Dogs, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you've seen the movie yeah. with Quentin Tarantino, but these kids they don't really do crimes like on that on that level, but they do these kind of petty, you know, like they steal a chip truck and they're trying to sell the chips out of it, you know, mm-hmm. like, like this kind of like smaller like teenage crimes, but they're also dealing with one of their um, friends committed suicide before the show started, um, so they're dealing with this grief from that. But then the show is also about this small town and how these people interact with each other. And you have, you know, uh, like comedians like Bill Burr shows up on the show mm-hmm. at one point. But but it also just, it goes in all these different directions, which is normally not a good thing for a TV show. But this one kind of pulls it off. 
Like there's an episode that's kind of a mystical fantasy kind of episode. There's some that are more strictly comedy. There's some that are more drama. But it, it kind of goes in a lot of different directions, but it always keeps the center on these four kids. And I just thought it really entertaining. Yeah. Compelling. I think there's like four episodes kind of near the middle of the end of the series where it just there's like one episode about each of the four mm-hmm. char- yeah. main characters. And I don't know, I like shows when they do that because you kind of get to know each one a, a little bit better and they're not just like one of like, oh, that's the funny one or that's the smart one or whatever. They each feel like well-realized people. And you, as it went on, I got I felt more and more attached to them and I felt, and it get kind of gets more into the more serious things that they're dealing with. I think it, that part, the seriousness of it kind of, surprised me as it went on you know, I think that's the thing I like about it is it, it has these big issues but it never kind of beats you over the head with it you know like like there's you know the arc of the story is can these kids get out of this small town can they make something of themselves you know because they're growing up in poverty they're growing up in this community is impoverished and uh, but it, it doesn't say like you know here's the struggle constantly yeah they're just kids having fun and, and being kids you know so that's one thing I like about it it you can explore it in different ways, but it doesn't tell you, like, this is what the show's about, you know. And I, I liked how the experimental type stuff, like, it feels like it's more just, like, developing the world or, around it and kind of uh, mm. showing you um, more of where they are and why, they're, why they are the way they are. Even their, their relationship to, like, their heritage and, and like, the stuff they, they hold on to and the stuff they kind of just don't mm-hmm. care about or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's stuff about Native American heritage and their you know their ancestry and some of the mysticism and stuff like that. But again, it doesn't really tell you like okay, there's this is going to be the Indian show. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like that. Yeah, it's going to do this one thing. It's going to it's going to explore all these different areas. You know. Yeah. Like there's you know there's racism and stuff in the show, but it's not a show about racism or anything like that. That's what that's what I really liked about it. Yeah, it's it's really well done. I guess it was renewed, right? Or did you, I, I think it was. Yeah, I think, I think it yeah. It seemed like a it went over pretty well. Did you see uh, High Fidelity last year? I've seen the first few episodes. I kept meaning to get back to it, and I never finished With, it. With uh, Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. I, I thought that was incredible. It was 2020, so it was not, not on my list this year. But, like, FX on Hulu, they're, they're doing some good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. They don't make a good show. In fact, I have another one later on my list. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. I might have one on... Well, my next one is... Are we on my number seven? Yeah, uh, that was my seven, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. This is a FX show that I watched on Hulu, so it might be... <laughs> Uh, Dave. Dave, okay, I haven't seen this one. It, it's uh, is the second season this year. This is one where I think it would very much appeal to like people with a certain sensibility, but it's not one I would recommend to everybody because it's very uh, foul and kind of like it stars this guy Dave Bird. He's this like white Jewish guy who decides that he's like one of the greatest rappers like in the world, and so he's pursuing this and. <laughs> It's, so he's like Kendall Roy. It's very, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I would say if you like Atlanta or if you watched Louis before all the <laughs> before Louis stuff, got canceled, yeah. Or uh, it actually has a lot of influence. It's very with, episodic, with, like uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like it's okay. got it, yeah. one of the guys that I think the guy, the showrunner of the show, is like one of the main creators of or writers of or directors at least on Curb Your Enthusiasm, and it has kind of that feeling of like. You don't know quite what's going to happen, but I remember I had heard of it when it came out, but the first season, it's like the poster was like him like poking out from like a pair of underwear, like, you know, like he was like the wiener. I said, just said wiener. There's, anyway. Wiener's okay. <laughs> and I was kind of like, I don't know. That, I don't know if that'd be my taste. And then uh, I got Hulu like 
kind of like I never had had it, and so I was like, oh, I should try that. And I watched it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like way way funnier and than I thought it was. It's super filthy. If you don't like that kind of stuff, like don't don't watch it. But mm-hmm. if you don't, if you kind of have a very adult if you don't humor. care, yeah. But it's really really funny, and it's it's kind of one of those shows where you kind of you don't like the guy, but he's so like crazy and like interesting and i feel like i laugh more watching that show than almost any other show okay i don't know it's it's a very special show it's a lot better than i was expecting before i started watching it the second season aired this year yeah i feel like i need to watch it now because i don't understand fully what it is but you're saying saying you watch it you enjoy it yeah if you if you like those shows that i mentioned or if that kind of appeals to you it's one of those shows where you're like does everybody watch this because this is like really hilarious (laughs) like i want to call people and be like are you watching this and they'd be like you know i think i asked one of my friends if he was watching it and he hadn't heard of it and i don't know i was trying to sell it to you said yeah it's on hulu okay yeah Yeah, i'll check it out yeah yeah cool yeah that was number seven so we're on six now i got the beatles get back get back this is your number one yeah yeah he's holding up a number one i was was trying to (laughs) we were trying to decide if we were going to talk about no, go ahead. No, no, we didn't want to talk about like our list beforehand, but yeah, I knew you were going to have this one on your list because yeah. you asked me about it, and I want to we let, you, I won't let yeah. you talk about it because you had it at number one. But I, I thought it was incredible, but I honestly didn't know where to put it on my list. This is the one I struggled with the most, where it could have been number one or not on my list at all. Yeah, because it it was <clears throat> incredible, but it was also it's hard to watch. It's on Disney Plus, which I don't think was the right format for it. It's released in three, you know, long blocks of, of episodes instead of being like a, you know, eight one-hour episodes or something where it would have been more digestible. It's just basically just, here, just watch this. There's not a lot of narration, you know. Um, they kind of frame each episode a little bit, but for the most part, there's not a lot of conventional documentary framing devices. It's basically just, here's the footage. You yeah, know? here's this. So, here's yeah, day here's, one, here's the here's thing, day two, watch yeah. it if you want or don't. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's not produced in any way which is i think both the best thing about it and the worst thing about it um but i thought you know i'm a beatles fan so i would say if you're not a beatles fan i don't think you would enjoy it but if you're a beatles fan it's it's incredible to watch um john and and paul how they write a song you know when when paul is coming up with the the get back uh, chorus and, and playing the guitar riffs mm-hmm. and, and mixing and matching the lyrics and stuff I, th- I thought that was incredible. Then playing two of us together was, which is one of yeah. my favorite Beatles songs. Oh yeah, incredible. And I've I've always liked the Let It Be album. A lot of people don't, but I, it's their last album, so a lot of people didn't like it as much as Abbey Road or the White album. But it's actually one of my favorite Beatles albums. Yeah. So seeing this was just incredible. So I put it number six, but you put it number one. So yeah, you, you talk about it more than me. We talked about it before because I wasn't sure. I think I messaged you and I was like, "Does this count as a TV show?" Yeah, it was. It doesn't really kind of more of a movie, but any, it was on TV. It would probably be normally be a movie, like a documentary, but you couldn't do a, an eight-hour movie. So yeah. yeah, so that's why I said, "Yeah, it counts as a TV show." But yeah, I I think uh, to, for me it, it kind of I couldn't compare anything else to it because of a lot of it was because it's something you don't think you're ever gonna see, like all this brand new footage of like suddenly in the they kind of like you were saying there's not narration so they just they took footage from each day and just put it together to where you're just there with them and some of it is like really like you're saying i wouldn't want to recommend it to like 
people if they're not really into the Beatles because it's it doesn't feel like watching a like a normal documentary where it's walking you through everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you really are just right there with them, and you're seeing like them not being creative or just you know do, sitting around um, kind of talking about whatever. They're the first probably hour. It could be literally like ten minutes of them doing a song in different fake accents and joking around. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, it's like a cover of some yeah. song from the fifties that they like or. Or yeah, they're, they're just doing jamming German around. accents or whatever. Yeah, it's, but it's weird because you're. I think I had to let go of it being like kind of a. I was like, I have to watch this in a different, yeah, different for way. Sure. At times, it feels like you're just. I mean, you're like in a jam session, but they just happen to be the Beatles. It felt like this like treasure that like they'd suddenly just. I knew it had been sitting in these vaults, but like something you've heard about, but you just. See, I it had not heard about exists. it. I wasn't aware of the Get Back documentary, the, the Let It Be documentary, so I didn't even know it existed. At all. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was blown away. I'd never seen anything like this. I've never seen Let It the Let It Be doc. I know. It, I think it's kind well, of they hard made, to they find. They made a documentary, but I guess it wasn't widely released or something. But that's why they were filming all this stuff to begin with, right? Was to do that. They were trying to. I think they mentioned in the in the documentary or whatever they'd done like the Hey Jude thing, like in a TV studio or something, and it was like this big success, and they thought it would be interesting to like document them making an, a whole album mm-hmm. so they come in and they they kind of are they have a couple songs or ideas and they it's one of those things where you're watching it and the whole time you're just like i can't believe this is a th- yeah <laughs> like, can't believe I, i'm watching I, this yeah. i'm watching like the beatles like making like writing songs from it, it 50 years ago it doesn't feel like ago. you're watching a tv show it feels like you broke into like paul mccartney's house yeah it's like oh i found some old reels i'm gonna watch them like, yeah, that's what it feels like i think if you're into the beatles it's like super fascinating and you kind of don't care that it's long and or yeah. most of the time there were parts where i was like okay is this is anything gonna happen and then then like <laughs> maybe like five minutes later something huge yeah happen, and you're you like, can go 30 minutes with nothing happening and then all of a sudden there's this brilliant moment that's that's what i mean about it, the way it's framed is like like at the end of the first episode george harrison quits the band mm-hmm. and until they actually say it you're like wait a minute that, did that just happen like he's <laughs> he just quit the not, band. Uh, like, they're so legendary behind you the music, hear... that would have been one episode and it would yeah, have been yeah. like talked about beforehand like 20 minutes later. <laughs> It's just crazy to be in the moment with it because you're like, because when he leaves, it's not like a dramatic moment. He's just kind of like, yeah, all right, well, I'm done with the band now. And he just gets up and leaves. (laughs) And then they're kind of sitting there. You you could see them kind of, yeah, like in the moment, they they didn't think that he really quit. And they they knew how serious it was, yeah. So they're just kind of continue joking around, doing whatever. And then it kind of slowly dawns on them that he's serious. Then they're kind of in that point in the, their career were it had kind of run its course so they're kind of barely hanging on but they the coolest thing about it to me is that the chemistry between everybody and seeing john lennon and paul mccartney like just how they interacted and how they created and that it really just the collaboration where you're just like yeah i think the lennon mccartney stuff is by far the strongest stuff in it because you really get a sense of their personalities and I, i had a lot more respect for paul mccartney watching it than honestly i had before not to say, I mean, he was obviously a genius and brilliant, but I was always more of a Lennon guy than a McCartney guy. Yeah. But watching us, you, you go, well, McCartney really did help hold the band together a lot in those later years. And then even the other guys, you know, Ringo's a professional. He's always there, ready to work. He's always in good mood, yeah. which I like. Uh, Harrison, you know, he has his problems, but he's still a great guitarist. He's still trying different things. So it really shows you their, their different creative influences and I mean, the Beatles are, I mean, they're incredible. They're, and you get to spend time with them, like, as people and not as, like, these kind of yeah. icon people that you get to know kind of what they'd be annoyed by or stuff that, even within the songs, like, things that 
maybe they aren't that into like one part or maybe they'd suggest something like in the moment you're like, Oh, that's how they got to. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's how they wrote that song. Yeah. You, you know, it's it's oh, very, uh, I don't know what the word is for it, but like free flowing. It's not like a, mm-hmm. Oh, this is the song about this. You know, it's more like, well, what, what works here? What, how would this song fit here? Yeah. And you can see Lennon and McCartney going back and forth on a lot of that stuff. You yeah. know, whether or not like get back should be a political song or not, or should it be yeah. more. That was interesting. I was, I was like, was it, political and i had to think about it and then I, they kind of yeah change it as they're going kind of shift it themselves but. yeah I, th- I thought it was just there's nothing like watching this because it's you get to see i mean my opinion the greatest band ever yeah and even if you don't love the beatles they're certainly one of the most important bands ever and to see their creative process and how these guys work together it, it's it's really incredible to watch I just didn't really know what to do with it as far as a TV show. <laughs> I know. Which is why I even debated not putting it on my list because I'm like, I don't know what this is. I don't know. It's like, it's not really like a TV show really, you know? Yeah, It's not like a movie either. Yeah, I know. It's 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 incredible. It's just like show. a whole other experience, but you're like, uh, yeah, yeah, this is like, you know. I was like, if we're counting it, I have to put it at number one. I feel one. like, uh, you know, not, not promoting drug use or anything, but like if you're smoking a good joint or like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're drinking a nice glass of wine or something like this, something you just like chill out and just watch for yeah. like a couple hours. Yeah. You don't need to like, you don't want an agenda when you're watching this. Right. But it is, it is very long and it does take some time to get there. Yeah. I, I don't think, um, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I don't think Disney Plus was the best avenue for it. I think if I it had been on Netflix or something, it would have been better or Prime or uh, something. I don't know. I guess I didn't, it didn't matter to me. I wouldn't think, yeah, no, I didn't it's think still, about it's that. still great, but I just thought like, you know, you heard Disney Plus was trying to edit the cussing at one time, and oh, okay. they, they said, "No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to take that out." But I'm glad know. they didn't. I'm glad they let it be what it let it be what it <laughs> was. <laughs> that that, that would like, have been disappointing. Like, and th- I think they put like a little. They put a disclaimer message. about tobacco for crying out loud. It was like, really? Yeah, <laughs> of course they smoke cigarettes. It's 1969. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's the Beatles. <laughs> I mean, they were doing more than cigarettes. Let me tell you guys. Uh, yeah, there was more going on <laughs> they didn't, at that just, time. They didn't show it. you the rest of it, but <laughs> but yeah, that was my that was my only complaint. I was like, well, I, I think I would have liked it divided up a little bit more, and maybe put on a different streamer. But you know, that's just a mild complaint. It's still yeah. incredible to watch. So yeah. Anyway, that was my number uh, six. Okay, six. Okay, my number six is uh, Mayor of Easttown from uh, on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was. There was a point where I thought I was just putting stuff I've seen recently on here, mm-hmm. but this is something that was on like in January or February last year. And yeah, it was a little uh, while back, yeah. It stars Kate Winslet. It takes place in like Philadelphia, I think. And just to tell or, you, this did not make my list, but this was like close. Okay. I think I had this like eleven or twelve. If I, okay. If I included it, but yeah. I think my favorite thing about it was that it was a. I mean, there's all these like detective, like mystery type shows that or on these days and that are like the, the person is troubled and they're dealing with all this stuff. But I thought that, that the mystery was the way it unfolded was really well done. Like I was surprised by it, like the twist mm. and stuff. And, uh, and she was just so good. Like I, I kind of hadn't seen her in a lot of stuff Incredible. recently. Yeah. And I, I want, well, one reason I was responding to it was she had been on the watch that podcast we were talking about. That's right. Yeah. And, she, uh, she promoted. She that. was so cool. Like on that show, like, and mm. she'd, she'd like asked, her publicist or, or something to like go back on the she because she enjoyed being on the podcast so she went back. I don't know. I was just like really kind of like man, Kate Winslet is like She's awesome. awesome. <laughs> Golly, exactly. yeah. I don't really care about celebrities' personality generally speaking, but you know I just care about their work, but. She, she's one of those people you're like, yeah, she actually seemed like a really cool person. Like It felt like a, the best version of that type of show for me. 
found it really satisfying. I don't, I don't even know if I have a lot to say about it past that. I just, I just thought it was really well done. I was like, I need to try to, re- I need to remember this show like later on, like if I'm making a list, because. Yeah, I thought the only reason I didn't have it on my list is because I thought the mystery itself wasn't necessarily that great. I thought it was, you know, the way it ended was a okay. little bit weak. I, I like more, if you're going to do a mystery box, I want to be like, when, when we get to the killer, I want to be like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, I, I missed the, the clues or whatever. Or I want to kind of figure it out, I guess, as I go along. Which the show is a mystery about who killed this this girl. But in terms of the performances and the direction and the writing, it's it's incredible, like, like everything HBO does. And I thought it was, it's the best thing I've seen Kate Winslet in, in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's one of the more underutilized actresses because everything she does is great. You know, everyone knows her for Titanic, of course, but, but everything she's been in is incredible. And this was the first time I've seen her in a long time. Where I'm like, oh, yeah, Kate, yeah, I mean, incredible. And Evan yeah. Peters, who I like as well, yeah. is good in this as well. Yeah, the supporting I, cast is good. He, he really impressed me. I mean, how, yeah, I think he won an Emmy for it. I think they both did. Yeah, no, it was it was it was really good. It's definitely worth. It's only like six parts, right? Something like that. Six, six or, or eight, eight so or something. Maybe eight. Yeah. I think like I mentioned at the beginning, like some of the stuff that like seems to hit me most is like the stuff I watch week to week, and this was one that I remember. I like, did watching watch it week it, to like, week, yeah. As as it was coming out, and it, it felt like an event every week, and it was just it was just really a fun thing to like keep up with and follow along with what other other people it's kind of a fargo feel to it a little bit yeah. you know like you got this small town i think it's in uh pennsylvania like yeah. it's like a philadelphia suburb or something right i think East so town. Yeah. yeah and she's like a former uh basketball star yeah i forgot and about that yeah. yeah she's like a former basketball star and then you have this this kind of murderer that falls in her lap and so yeah kind of like it had a fargo vibe to me a little bit you mm-hmm. know or you got this small town murder you got to figure out, but that's not really. Once you get past the first two or three episodes, that's not really the, the thing to watch about this. It's just the performances are mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, and I've always liked Evan Peters, and I was hoping to be do something more like this. You know? Yeah, like he always plays these kind of joking, you know, roles. Like he's in One uh, Division as, as Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but and he's always in American Horror Story like every year. But <laughs> this is the first thing I saw him. I'm like, man, this guy can act. Like you know. Yeah. To, to branch out a little bit more. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's a good show. Were we on five? I believe we were on five, yeah. That was your six? Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, I was about to say ahead, we John. might be... I feel like we're halfway through, but we, I feel like near the end of it we might be having a similar... Hopefully we'll have some more commonality here as we get closer to the top. My number five was Succession. Yeah. And... Uh, that's my number three. Yeah, it was, it was uh, incredible as usual, but... Honestly, I don't even know what I want to say about this show at this point. Like, I, <laughs> I was debating, like, how much should I really talk about this show? It's been talked about ad nauseum by everybody in the media. It's, you know, the number one show on HBO. It's in that prestige flagship spot, you know, the Game of Thrones spot, the Boardwalk Empire spot, you know, Soprano spot. So everyone talks about this show. But I did think Jeremy Strong, who did the New York profile, I thought he had a yeah. really incredible performance this season. And I like the... Kind of some of the dynamics with him and the, the other kids, the Roy family, this season and where it's going. I had a couple of things I did not like about it. One was the kind of pulling the rug out from under his cliffhanger moment in episode eight. Mm-hmm. Did, you know, Kendall Roy die? And I was like, if you want to do it, just do it. And if you don't want to do it, don't do it. That's fine. But I'm not, this isn't like Batman in 1967 where we need the, the BS cliffhanger, you know, at the end of every, everything. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't really a big fan of that. And then I thought some of the plot threads like felt like they weren't maybe continued as much. Like 
Like the uh, Adrian Brody character. Something that, major would happen at the end of an episode, and then the, yeah, it's like so it, you felt like they were building forget. up to something, and then they just kind of didn't build yeah. up to something. And I think that's kind of my problem with Succession in general is like it's always like one step forward and two steps back. It's like, are you building to something or not? Because I feel like the show makes you think they're going in a certain direction, and then it always like it backtracks and goes in another direction. So I don't know if they're doing that because they want to just screw with the audience, or they have actually another plan in mind that they're going to build to something at some point. But yeah, whenever that that cliffhanger happened, we are kind of spoiling this in case anybody wants to watch this. You know just what? To, people have watched it by now. Yeah, most people have seen <laughs> Succession. I'm sorry, yeah. People have watched it. Especially people who care about this. Ken like, Roy didn't yeah. die, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> putting it out there. <laughs> um, that night, whenever it aired, I remember... I was very, like... I think... I thought he I probably thought he died. died and, like, I thought he did, yeah. And I, But it was kind of like a... It, it was so sudden. Well, it wasn't sudden. It was because his character has been, like, kind of... Feels like he's, like, on the about to jump off a building like in every episode like metaphorically well, and, or they, and they, they hinted towards it a lot of times there's yeah. a lot of like I mean I didn't do the whole deep dive thing on it but there are people who have talked about there's scenes of him drowning in a tub mm-hmm. or being in a tub like he was drowning or you know him, him looking towards the end of a, a skyscraper like he's going to jump off like there's a lot of allusions to him potentially killing himself you know yeah. throughout the show I think that kind of woke me up a lot as a because I, I like the show and I I, I was just the thought of like, would they do that? Because if they do that, that ch- changes what this whole show is. Like the whole purpose of the sh- like, it's gonna. It, that's a big signal of like, this is a different show than you think you're watching. Kind of kind of moment. But don't you think? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but like all great shows have an inflection point like that. Like like Mad Men end of season three, shut the door, have a seat. You have Don Draper, divorced, his company oh, okay. is, is gone under. Uh, Breaking Bad, you know, end of season three, half measures, full measures, changes the dynamic between yeah. uh, Gus and, and Walt and Jesse. Uh, the Wire, same thing. Stringer Bell dies in the end of three, season three. Usually you have these like inflection points in a good show where it's like, we know we can't do the same thing for five, six, seven seasons. So I kind of thought this was going to be the moment where they changed something up in some way. It doesn't necessarily have to be Kendall's death, but I was kind of waiting for that moment in the season. And it didn't happen, but is that just me reading too much? Yeah, I, I was excited in the moment, kind of just to because it was really would shake everything up. And then uh, I, I got the feeling like after it, it all happened that like the writers weren't intending it to be as big of a moment, but it mm. kind of became like a big. Everybody kind of just yeah, I don't they know knew what they were doing. They, let's be honest, they, they were playing into it because that well, profile it's not like came like they out. They didn't know what and, they were doing by ending the episode on that shot. Like yeah. Like they could have showed him just floating off or whatever. Like they, they purposely had the air bubbles and, and I think passed it, out. Yeah. I think it was a thing where I saw that and my mind kind of went off in the direction of him being dead. And then I kind of was imagining what, what was going to happen since then after that. I didn't really want him to die because I think he's one of the more interesting parts of the show for me. Oh, no, I, I love So I was kind of like... No, I love didn't him, want him to die, but I thought it would be really interesting for the show if, that, if he did. But then, then he kind of is just still there... I knew, like, they'd written it so long ago. They shot it, like, you know, months and months ago. So for them, that it was kind of... They are doing it in a vacuum. And I think they knew that it was going to be a moment, but it, it kind of became this... I don't. I guess I kept wondering, like, when, I, when the finale aired was, like... I think there was a part of me that felt kind of disappointed, but then I was like... But I really liked 
where it went. Oh yeah, I thought it was really well done. And well, you're show like, is always incredible. Man. That's the thing. That's the thing that makes it hard to to review the show. Is like it's always one of the best things on TV. It's always one of the best written, best acted, best directed. And I thought Jeremy Strong, like I said, his performance is incredible. He's always incredible. But he's kind of the centerpiece of the show in a lot of ways because the Roy children, the Roy family is, is you know, <laughs> they're not great people, let's just be honest. But you have to have someone, I think, other than Logan Roy to root for, unless you're just a, a sadist and you like Logan Roy. But <laughs> so, And we've seen, like, times when Roman is taking the lead a little bit or Shiv is taking the lead a little bit. But the show is always, to me, like Kendall is the one. If, if anyone's going to take down Logan Roy and take over this business, it's going to be Kendall. But he's also a terrible person. But you go, but of the terrible people on the show, he might be the least terrible in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know you. That's that's the thing is like I remember when it first came out. I remember thinking it looks interesting, but I didn't. I don't know. I was like, am I going to watch this show? And then there was. I remember when it first came out. It was. It had okay reviews, but it was kind of like, mm-hmm. it, I don't think it caught on until well, about halfway through the first season. The first season is a little season. bit of a slow burn. It, it, the first season is a little slow. It starts yeah. to click like around halfway through, it yeah. seems like. And I remember I'd hear about it, and I think I caught up like when it was like on episode seven To me, the board meeting in, in episode six of season one, that's when it really takes off. Yeah, when they try to get Logan Roy out of the company. That From that point on is when it really picks up. It's kind of one of those shows where like, like you say, like you don't. <laughs> they're all like bad people but there's a lot of shows that are like all bad people but they're you know interesting so you kind of watch it anyway but so well but I, I think in other shows like like if you watch breaking bad for example like jesse is not a bad person he does bad things but he's not a bad person mm-hmm. in this show most of the people are actively bad but i think kendall is the only one that he does show some remorse for the things that he does i don't think he's like an actually bad person he's done terrible things of course like they all have but i don't sense that sort of humanity from Shiv or Roman in the same way. I'm not even counting Connor because Connor's, <laughs> Connor's just comic relief at this point. But but I don't see the other Roy children. I don't really kind of see that from them. So I guess if you had a protagonist in the show, it would be Kendall. But at the same time, they keep like, where is he going? Where's this character going? Yeah. I remember when I first started watching it, I was like, just it's not a world that I'm normally interested in. And it's mm-hmm. not like a type of story that I'd, Usually, I don't care about like these super rich people super and rich their, people, their yeah. dramas and stuff. But it's to me, it's like undeniable. Like it's it's just you watch it and you're like, the writing is like incredible. It's like probably funnier than any comedy on TV. I thought <laughs> when, I thought the scene with uh, with Tom and Kendall at the diner, some of the oh, best, yeah. one of the best moments I've seen in television this year. Yeah, when they're talking about like how they could maybe take over and. And Tom is like, you know what they're doing? They're picking the next president. Yeah, like, yeah. that was like that was a great. <laughs> like you're over here scheming in a freaking diner, you know, <laughs> and we're we're up there talking about who's gonna be the next president, you know. Like he really puts him in his place. It's just so well done. It's like every the cast is like all amazing. Like you'll be like, I don't. It's just crazy. It's one of those shows where like I think I think I just don't think I would normally care about it that type of show but then like it just constantly so is like great moments it's just, it's like man that was funny it's so oh man funny. There's it, so, many so smart how do they do oh my god uh, when roman is talking to the guy he wants to be president and he's like <laughs> quoting some of his favorite people he's like h maybe it's like h he's like he's talking about hitler <laughs> he's gonna call him h like <laughs> maybe h you know like okay everyone there <laughs> it's like yeah there's so many just uh, yeah 
there's, there's so many funny scenes and well-written scenes in that show. Like I can't, I can't knock it. I have to put it on my list. But yeah. I just like this season. I was like hoping maybe they would have upped the stakes a little bit in some way or yeah. moved the ball forward a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I'm gonna keep watching though. So. Like I said, it's my number three. So yeah, I'm I had, it, I had it five, three. That's yeah. We're in the same. Same wavelength on that one. Okay. All right. For my number five, this feels like it might be one of the more obscure shows. This is a. Uh, <laughs> it just came out like a few weeks ago, but it's it's on Netflix. It's called Smash, which stands for uh, Saturday Morning All Star Hits. I've I haven't seen this, but I've seen the preview for it. Yeah. yeah it. Uh, it's like Saturday Morning All Stars or something, right? Yeah. That's it's why. it's by like. This guy on who's on Saturday Night Live, Kyle Mooney, who's been on there for like seven or eight years, he's one of those guys that you either like him or you don't. Mm-hmm. And I just happen to think he's like really funny and like really smart and all this. He, his sensibility is just like this is one of those shows where it's like I don't think this is for everybody, but the people it's for or will like love it kind of thing. I've been meaning to check but, it out because it's like a like if you were a kid in the '80s kind of yeah. show, right? It's basically yeah. it's it's Which we like, both were. I think there's like eight. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I think you would like it if if you were a kid and you watched Saturday morning cartoons. At yeah, that I time. did all the time. Yeah. And if you have, because it, it kind of it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And exactly. It plays like, on like all that stuff. Like it's it's a uh, P Man. Yeah. It plays on like nostalgia, but it also kind of twists everything around. It even looks like if you found like a just a box of old VHS tapes that mm-hmm. were like recorded from the TV, and it'll so just, they did like the grainy. Yeah, it's like grainy. Say, it's yeah. like a. <laughs> SD and kind of like a okay. not widescreen. It's supposed to be like a block of Saturday morning TV, and there's like these hosts who are like these two twin brothers who are like really qu- crazy and fun. And here's this show and all this. They're like surfer type looking dude. I don't think they surf, but they have like long hair or whatever. So are they Blonde. just talking about shows, or there's like a show within? They the- like introduce the show, like here's okay, the new yeah. episode of blah blah blah, and it turns into like this cartoon about like this like dinosaur that lives with all these kids or people or something really it's so cheesy, like yeah. uh, <laughs> i think it's it scratches like a very specific itch to where I, i'm like i was like this is just right in my like yeah heart. Right like i love this like i just really loved watching it it was kind of just a, a fun thing to watch and it's i don't know if everybody's been watching it i don't and i don't know if everybody would love it but i think the people who do watch it will like I've been meaning to check it out because I saw the preview before and I thought, yeah, this, this looks funny. looks like something I would enjoy. One thing that's especially interesting is is you think it's just going to be kind of episodic and it's not going to carry through, but it actually kind of tells a story. Like, it kind of develops as it goes. Okay. And, like, it, like the story, something will happen in a cartoon or, in, or like, in the intro that, like, there will be, like, a dramatic thing that kind of starts happening and then it'll that'll tie into the cartoons and then, like, <laughs> it'll kind of unfold yeah. and, and, like, one show will get, like, canceled and then, like, they'll make up a new show, like, based on something that happened in an earlier episode and it's also, like, dumb, but it's cool the way they kind of stitched it together and stuff. It's not, like, the greatest show ever made, yeah, but, but it's it's, just, uh, it's really well done for what it is kind of thing. That's cool. That was your number five or four? Uh, five. Five, okay, yeah. So you liked that one. Yeah. Um, on a, this is not on my list, but like, did you watch the Masters of the Universe Revelation? I haven't seen that yet. I've heard it's really good, though. But I, yeah, I, I, I was surprised. Like, it was way better than I thought it'd be. Okay. <laughs> I was expecting it to be terrible, but Kevin Smith did it, and yeah. it's, it's kind of a, it's a Masters of the Universe story, but it's like kind of reimagining it for a more modern audience, you know. Yeah. But I was like, it was way more funny and entertaining than I thought it would be. Cool. Yeah. It's kind of an anime. It's not really anime, but it's kind of like a... Uh, okay. Kind of, this is only murders in the building. Oh, okay. Yeah. This was my number 11. Number 11. Okay. Yeah. Just missed the cut. Yeah. I, I just watched this actually not that long ago, like a couple of weeks ago. 
This is uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short, who have become like Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau, I think, in the <laughs> old age. Like they're uh, America's favorite old comedy duo. Like, yeah. I, I think everything they do is hilarious to me. And, you know, in fact, I was just watching, uh, rewatching Father of the Bride not too long oh, ago. Yeah. And I forgot that they were both in that together. But, and of course, I grew up with them and Three Amigos, you know, all this, all the stuff they did. But, um, well, this is like a, this is another FX on Hulu thing, I think. Uh, or it might just be Hulu. I think right? it's just Hulu. This I think just it was Hulu? just Hulu. Okay. okay, so if you have Hulu, you can watch it. But, and Selena Gomez is the third uh, person in it who, I don't know, has she done anything? Movie-wise or TV-wise? I think she's just been a singer, right? I think she used to be on a Disney show. She's somebody okay, she who's, might not, have been, who's yeah. not been on my radar. I, I know who she is. I know she's famous, but yeah. I don't really watch the stuff that Well, she, I know her more as a singer, but I yeah, didn't know yeah, if she'd yeah. been in any acting or anything. you know. But people who do podcasting, like me and you, we love podcasts. And <laughs> this is a show where three people live in this expensive New York apartment complex, and they don't really know anybody, and they're kind of... Uh, you know, kind of lonely. They don't have a lot going on, but they all listen to this true crime podcast, and then they uh, <laughs> they meet up uh, at this coffee shop, and they find out that each other listens to the same podcast. And on the same night, there was actually a murder in that building, or what appears to be a suicide, I should say, in the building. But they immediately start thinking that it's a murder, and they need to investigate it. <laughs> so it's. Uh, <laughs> These three kind of nobodies trying to pretend like they're big shot podcasters and doing a murder like investigation. Doing like detective detective like work that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, I don't want to like. This is one of those. I'm not going to spoil this one because it, the mystery is part of it. Yeah. But I will say there there is actually a genuine mystery yeah. in it that yeah. builds to something. Yeah. So you might think it's just kind of a joke at first, but it actually does build to something. There's a genuine uh, investigation and mystery in the show, but it's just really funny. I thought it. <laughs> <laughs> that was one that, like, I think I'd heard, like, kind of lukewarm things about it uh, at the beginning. Then I heard enough people say that it was funny. So I went, I went back and started watching it. And it was just like, like you were saying, like, it was cool to see Steve Martin and Martin Short, like, doing their thing again. And they're, yeah. so, they're still, like, so, so funny. They pulled it off, like, really well. Like, it, and it's super watchable. And it's really light. Like, it's about murder and stuff. But it's, oh, it's yeah, funny. No, it's not, yeah, it's, I don't, the title makes it sound like a series. It's really funny. It's, yeah. like, funny throughout. But... Some of the Martin Short stuff, he's one of the funniest people. <laughs> when he goes to like pick up the check, but he puts it in front of Steve Martin, he's like, okay, let's see. And he's like, he hands it to him, like, you can get this. <laughs> and then it was like his uh, Splash the Musical, where he was trying to make Splash as a Broadway musical, but he needed a giant pool to do it. <laughs> he's like this super egotistical, like, Broadway director type. Yeah, of yeah, he's like- a former, like, Broadway director who's fallen on hard times and. <laughs> But he still has his expensive apartment building, which he can't afford. But <laughs> yeah, that's a good show. And there's like a lot of show. like like Nathan uh, Lane is in it, and um, Amy Ryan, and like there's a lot of like good New York actors in it as well. Like a lot of famous people pop up in it. I was gonna say like as far as like Selena Gomez, like I hadn't like you're saying like I hadn't seen her. I knew she was talented and all that stuff, but I, I was like I thought she was really good and appealing in the show. Oh, and, she's really good. And it's yeah. really funny to see kind of like. Her bounce off these two old, old guys yeah, and, and like she, that energy. A lot of, a lot of like, old jokes in there, yeah. <laughs> like they don't understand her like no. millennial type stuff, and then she doesn't understand. She was just really likable, and I thought it was a like when they find cool a clue, role. they're like, "Well, let's call her up," and like, they don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> you send a text, text message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was my number uh, three but, or four. That was really funny. Okay, my number four is a uh, Squid Game. The uh, Huge phenomenal or like phenom. This is my number two. Number two. Okay, yeah. I thought you'd probably have it on there somewhere. 
This one, uh, I think I heard about it as like a meme type thing before I knew what it was. I was like traveling at the time and I'd see it on like Twitter or something or I'd be like, what? I thought it was like a iPhone game or something like that. Oh, like you some, thought it was like a game. Okay. I don't, I don't know why. I just, I just wouldn't. It was one of those things where I was like, something's really popular, but it's probably like something that kids are into. Mm. And then like after I kind of finally went and researched it or looked, watched a YouTube video about it, it was like, oh, wait a second. Like, this is something that's like right in my interest. <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah. This is like There's... a dark t- TV, serialized TV show that's like... Anyway, it's on Netflix. I feel like this is a show that almost yeah, we, everybody... Yeah, everyone's has. seen this show. Yeah. 200 million people watch this show. So <laughs> if you haven't watched it, I don't want to tell you. Yeah, part of the th- a big part of the show is just how huge it was. As I was watching it, I, I couldn't believe like something as popular was as, as interesting. and like You're just like, how did this get become like a phenomenon? <laughs> it doesn't seem like... It was so uh, well done, yeah. Exactly. And I think Korean uh, directors and producers have had kind of a moment right now. Yeah. You know, Parasite won Best Picture last year. But I, th- I thought this was incredible. And the way I watched it, which is, I mean, if you haven't watched it, I think everyone's watched it by now. But I, I didn't binge all of it, but I watched maybe the first three episodes, I want to say, when it came out. And then I watched the rest of that weekend. But I think I was like... Uh, like maybe hungover and <laughs> I was just like on the couch just like looking for something to watch mm-hmm. and it was like it popped up on Netflix I don't know if it was number one at that point or just in the top ten but I was like you know I was like it was that weekend that it became a phenomenon I think it was like a Thursday or Friday when I saw it and I watched it like and I was like this thing is good like this is <laughs> yeah, this no. like Squid Game I mean, a Korean show about people in a con like what the hell is this but I was like this thing is good <laughs> and I had no idea it was going to take off like this you know it was it was incredible it was it was it was a phenomenon, but it was a good phenomenon. It was it was entertaining. It was fun. It was interesting. I wrote down the guy's name is uh, the guy that plays Song Ji, Lee Young Jai. I'm probably mispronouncing this guy's name, but apparently he's a big actor in uh, Korea. But he was phenomenal in in the main role, and all the other supporting characters were great as well. And you know it was I think it was like nine <clears> episodes. <throat> But it didn't, you know what it did? It didn't just do, it didn't just build towards a climax. It, it gave you enough story and understanding of the people to where when you get to the finale, which you can kind of see coming in some ways, that it actually means something, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a game show where people are competing for, you know, whatever it is, 48 million, uh, is, it, is it won, I think is the currency? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, people <clears> are... <throat> Korean that are listening to this, I'm uh, mispronouncing stuff, but they're competing for this money, but only one person is going to survive, and they start off with like 400 and something people, so like 430, something like that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it, it leads to this finale, which is inevitable, but it doesn't just go in a straight line. It tells you the stories of these people and who they are and why they're doing this. You know, it's a, it's. I don't want to say it's about class warfare, but it is kind of that in some ways. You know. Some people says it's a critique of late stage capitalism, mm. which is probably fair, but it sort of examines these class structures and societal structures, and tells you this entertaining story. But then you also have these—I mean, it's an action show. You know, mm. there's these moments of visceral, violent action in it. It's more violent than anything I've seen in a yeah, long time. I, it was super disturbing. Like, yeah, I was yeah, kind of like, how is this so popular was, with like kids? Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the first episode, you're like, okay, we're gonna <laughs> just mow people down, I guess. With a, 
You know what it reminded me of too? Uh, have you ever read The Running Man by Stephen King? Not not the movie, uh, but the, the actual. I, no, I haven't read it. I know what you're talking about. The movie was with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but which I like. I like that movie. But the original book is uh, these people are they're given um, thirty days to survive on the streets, and the winner gets a million dollars. And this is in the future when everyone is poor. But basically, they have thirty days to survive, and anyone mm-hmm. can turn them in or help them out depending on the circumstances. So it's kind of just, they're given like a 24-hour head start, but then after that, they're in this confined area for like 30 days, and if they can survive for the 30 days, they get this million dollars, but no one no one ever wins it. But it's a story mm-hmm. about this one guy who does win it. And it kind of reminded me of that, like the tension of how does anyone survive this this gauntlet, basically, of all these things. That was the thing I thought was really, probably a reason like why, it's, why it got so popular, because it, it kind of plays into like, there's that competitive... I mean, like a sport kind of thing, but so you're rooting for you. You might have some people you want to root, or you're, but you're also thinking the whole time like these people are all gonna be dead. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know they are. Yeah, it's like, like the, it's built in, and it's not. Uh, I think I admired how committed it was to what it to the game. Like it didn't. It stuck to its guns. Like as far as the story it was telling and, and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just kind of blew me away. I saw it when I was traveling, and so I kind of, I felt like I was kind of like disconnected from the, mm-hmm. the big phenomenon of it. But I just couldn't believe how good it was. Like, yeah. I was surprised when, because uh, I watched it the weekend that came out, I guess, and um, the next week when I was hearing about how many people had watched it, I was blown away by how many people watched this thing. Like, not just in America, like worldwide, yeah. everyone, everyone watches it. That's a whole part of it that I don't, I just don't understand. I don't think they even knew no. were expecting it. I think they were t- trying to make a good show. It had show like a with- $9 million budget or something. It wasn't, it wasn't like a phenomenal budget. And it was just Netflix investing in one of these properties like they always do. They did this with Lupin last year, you know, the French uh, uh, crime I drama. I, I don't know if you saw that one. I didn't that. See that one. But it was, it was a crime heist maybe in France, but it was kind of a, a French property that they they adapted for Netflix. Okay. But it wasn't as successful as this, obviously. But they've had like success with these kind of international properties that no one thinks are going to be anything. Mm. And, yeah, I was, I was blown away by how big this show was and how everyone knew about it and everyone talked about yeah. it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. It would remind me like a Game of Thrones, you know? Yeah. Like when Game of Thrones was at its peak and everyone was talking about it. Like you'd go talk to people. My sister watches the show and she never watches TV. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, have you heard of Squid Game? She's like, yeah. What episode you <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was huge. I really, I really liked it, yeah. I did. I had to put it number two. It's not my number one, but yeah. What's your number? Wait, are you on three for you? I or? think I was on three, but Made was my number three, which we already talked about. Oh, okay. And yeah, the Squid yeah. Game was my number two, which we just talked about. Okay. So. I have one left that we haven't talked about. Okay. And I have my number one, too. So. Okay. Maybe it's the same one. My number two was uh, White Lotus on uh, HBO. It came out, like, this summer, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kept going back and forth. I was like, did I like Succession or this show more? And, and I think this was your number two, and you had uh, Beatles number one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Um, it's not on my list, but go ahead. Yeah, it. I've seen it. I don't. I'm trying to think of why it hit me so hard. <laughs> or like Mike White is this guy that created it. He he did a uh, Enlightened, like an old show on HBO that. Was, I, I know he's uh, done other things. I haven't seen anything else. I think, he's done I think he wrote like School of Rock, that movie. Okay. Yeah, Richard yeah. Linklater yeah. movie. I don't know. He's been around, but it's basically just about this resort uh, in Hawaii, and then. You find out at the beginning of the show that somebody has died, but they don't tell you who it is. So the whole time you're kind of wondering 
who who that is, but it, it's not really focused on that. It's almost even like kind of playing with you know that there's all these shows that start off like with a dead body and so that mm. just to get people invested it kind of like it's not really that's not really what it's about it's kind of twist on that a little bit but i mean a lot of it is just about these like wealthy people who don't know how to <laughs> treat anybody and they're on vacation and mm. uh it was really well written and the cast is i thought was really good and uh the way it unfolded, I thought I was—I don't know—I was just really invested in it. I think part of it was it came on in the summer where there wasn't a lot. Yeah, I felt like a, I was in, I wasn't a ton of stuff I was into. programming at the time, yeah. And it was just like, oh man! And I, I guess the reason it was made was because, like, HBO was short on material, so they they needed to kind of just make something kind of quickly mm-hmm. because of the pandemic and everything. So they got a hold of Mike White and asked if he had any ideas, and he kind of just made this up so he wrote it like really fast i think they made it really quickly and they all went to like hawaii and shot it there and at this hotel and then uh it, it just ended up being the people who made it were like really talented and like so it ended up being like a pretty high quality kind of thing no i i liked so, it it didn't make my list but i liked it it was um there's another one of those kind of like succession where it pulls the rug out from under you a little bit where it's kind of an examination of white privilege and, yeah. and the way maybe white people treat people that aren't of the same class or the same ethnic background or whatever. Um, but it doesn't really, again, like kind of like reservation dogs, it doesn't really like beat you over the head with a, a message. It just kind of shows you like this is what this is what happens, you know. And you have these, you know, a couple of white families. And uh, I think Jennifer Coolidge is, is one of the ladies and Steve Zahn and Alexandra Daddario. Really good cast. Um, but, yeah, it's at a resort, like you said, and... It, it kind of starts off a little bit like maybe is this a murder mystery, but we don't know. And then you find out quickly it's like a character study. But then there's some things that happen that go, okay, well, that's kind of, you know, looks like a robbery that happens and some things that happen. But basically it's it's showing you the way people behave in a certain environment or a certain class or a certain race without really um, – it doesn't tell you that's what it's about while it's, while it's happening. So – I liked it. It didn't, it didn't make my list, but it was it was interesting. I think I liked the like the tone of it and the feeling of it. Felt like kind of electric to me. Like watching it, it's very uniquely written and uh, kind of the feel of it was a little different. And I and I realized like because it it was a new show, and I was wondering like you know do I respond? One of the things I was like, do I respond more to like brand new stuff like just because mm-hmm. it's fresh and interesting? It was definitely different. I'll say that for you. Yeah, yeah. It didn't it didn't look or feel like anything on TV? Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't like it as much as some people seem to. A lot of people had it in their top four or five, you know, list of the TV mm-hmm. shows of the year. I thought it was good. If I had like a top fifteen or top twenty, it probably would have made it. But yeah. I just wasn't as compelled by it. I guess I thought maybe it needed like a more dynamic story, to really pull me in a little bit more. Yeah. But I thought the performances were were great. And um, who's the daughter that Steve Zahn has in that? She was in a couple of things. Uh, uh, Sweeney, Julia Sweeney, Sydney Sylvia, Sweeney, or? Sydney. Yeah, she. She's yeah, she's good. She was really good in this one, and uh, I mean, Alexandra Dario, I can watch her or anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but <laughs> you put her in a movie, I'm gonna watch it. But um, she thought, was really better than I've seen her was, in other she stuff. She was, yeah. This was like one of the first times I saw her really get to act and really kind of branch yeah. out. You know, like she's in True Detective, but she's kind of just eye candy in that. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've really seen her get to like do a real role so I thought all the performances are really good in it Yeah, and, it, and like I said it was it was definitely interesting I just didn't maybe love it as much as some people seem to love it But so we're down to your number one down to my number one yeah so I okay. talked to you about this show I've talked to a lot of people about the show it's, oh, uh, oh yeah this is uh, Yellow Jackets yeah the new Showtime show 
which I only watched because I was watching Dexter and I ran out of Dexter episodes and it like loaded on, on oh. queue. <laughs> and I was like too tired to change the channel. I was like, okay, I guess I'll watch it. Just, you know, cause I had wow. no interest in watching the show and it was just like, it just loaded <laughs> on my feed one day and I was like, okay, I guess I'll watch it. And within like 10 minutes, I was like, oh, I love this show. Like I was one of those like and then instantly just hooked on. Yeah, have you seen this one or not? I have not seen it, but I've, one of my cousins was telling me about it and, uh, I've heard really good things about it. I watched the trailer actually the, this afternoon because I was like, I, you had mentioned it. Mm -hmm. I mean, somebody asked me, you know, it's on Showtime and like, should I get Showtime? I'm like, well, if you don't already have Showtime, I don't know if I would tell you to buy it just for this. Maybe wait for it to come out on something else. But if you do have Showtime or you, you know, you have money, you don't care. Like I would, I would say watch this show. Mm -hmm. But it's, um, it's about this high school soccer team, this girls' high school soccer team, that go to an international competition. And they're playing crashes in the woods. It's not an island, but it's like the Canadian wilderness. So they're basically stuck in the woods. And there's a lot of flashbacks of them uh, in the woods when they were kids. But then the story moves forward to when they're all adults. And there's kind of a, a mystery going on as to what somebody is like kind of terrorizing them as they're all adults. Somebody presumably that was on the, the not the island, but the woods with them. But it's kind of a Lord of the Flies meets 90s pop culture kind of thing. <laughs> and... Um, I'm, Lord of the Flies is like my favorite novel oh, okay. ever by William Golding. Yeah. And this is kind of like if you took Lord of the Flies but did it with teenage girls in the 90s. And there's like a killer 90s soundtrack, you know, like Hole and all these alternative yeah, yeah. rock bands in there, Salt and Peppers in there, like all these, <laughs> all these like 90 bands that you, you're used to listening to. But it flashes forward to the modern day women, which are all uh, probably unironically, but like all 90s actresses. Yeah. Okay. Like Christina Ricci's and it. Yeah. And, uh, Melanie Linsky and um, uh, Juliette Lewis, like yeah. all these kind of famous actresses from the '90s that ran a lot of stuff, are all the adult versions of these of these kids. So, if you're a '90s kid like me and you, like, yeah, <laughs> you like that. But it's also it's, I would say it's kind of like a Lost or a, you know, a leftovers like kind of. There's a mystery that's more hard to figure out than maybe you're you're used to thinking of. But there's also a story of these people like, like character surviving character. this island. Yeah. Life. Yeah, sounds really interesting. Yeah, and the name people ask about the name. It's, it's the name of their their team. Oh, Yellow oh Jack, okay. Yeah, Yellow Jackets is the name of their their soccer, their soccer team. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, I thought it was really intriguing, really compelling. I thought the performances were great, and it's not like anything I've really seen on TV in a long time. It's the first thing I've seen in a long time. I was like, that's really completely original. I haven't hmm. seen anything like that. So. Cool. I need to check that one out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially if you have Showtime, I would watch it. Yeah. I don't want to ruin the mystery of it. Like you need to just yeah, watch yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. There's more to say cool. about it, but I don't want to ruin it. It's one that I don't know if I would be intrigued just hearing about it, but just hearing that everybody like says it's so 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 good, I'm like, mm -hmm. I probably need to I'm more like if I don't care what the story is about, like if it's well executed and well done, I'm just like that's the kind of stuff that I really like. I will say it's one of those where I'm not sure where it's going. And I'm like, there is a there's a version of this where it ends terribly. Like <laughs> this could is drag out for like six or seven or? seasons and then yeah, it's in the first season. Okay. It's like maybe I think they just did the eighth episode this week. Okay. But um and it's probably like twelve episodes. But it's for now I think it's incredible. Okay. Uh, it might go off the rails at some point. Because yeah. there's a lot of like plot things going up in the air at the same time. Okay. But for now I, th I thought it was really good. Cool. So, okay, that that was our top ten and uh I wanted to do like at the end just kinda there were some Stuff that maybe didn't make our list that we still liked or wanted to like mention or something like. Did you have any like that? You want to do some honorable mentions, I guess. Yeah, yeah, honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think I wrote them down though. I've got some, or I was shows yeah, that I was just start. Let me look at this thing. Uh, there's a show that's airing right now that is apparently really. It's a really high on other people's list that it's just not all out yet. Is a uh, Station Eleven on HBO Max. I think that's like halfway through. Fit five episodes have aired. I don't know how deep we're gonna go into these shows, but I started watching it. and I feel like I it'd probably be on my list if I've seen the whole thing. But it's also like half this year and half the early part of next year. Yeah, but, I've seen I've seen the first three episodes, so I didn't put it on my list just because I haven't seen enough of it. And it's the same reason why I didn't put uh, Underground Railroad on my list for the same reason I saw the half of it. Mm. And I feel like I need to watch you know most of it at least before I'm gonna put it on my list. But yeah, I thought it was I thought it was great. It is a pandemic kind of show. Like it's about a virus that kills off most of the population. I don't know if they ever said in the episodes I watched how many people died, but presumably like the vast majority of the population. Like way more. I mean, obviously a lot of people have died from COVID, but it's... No, not on that is, level. Like this is like, this like is more most like, of the world like is gone. 80, yeah. 85, 90% yeah. of the people kind of... Exactly. Yeah. This is like end times kind of thing. I thought the third episode was incredible. It's a story of this um, African immigrant and her getting this job in logistics and then her meeting this man and falling in love and kind of what happens to her. But I thought it was just one of the best episodes I've seen. Um, but the second episode, which is more about the forward story of them, mm -hmm. you know, a couple of years after this event, uh, I was like, I was kind of lost. I was like, are these people just traveling around doing Shakespeare and why are they Yeah, doing there this? are like, parts of it, the story that I'm more, <laughs> feel like I'm more interested in. I feel like I, the stuff I've been more interested in is the stuff that happens like right after the pandemic. Because mm -hmm. it's kind of like part of the story is kind of quote unquote present day mm -hmm. while the pandemic has just started. And then, yeah. it, and then the rest of it, or a lot of it is about uh, 20 years in the future, like after kind of these people have grown up mm -hmm. and uh, how they're dealing with it, like as they've. Like you meet a girl in the beginning, and uh, she's kind of like the main character in the beginning, and then you, didn't, mm -hmm. you kind of see where she is like later on. And like you mentioned, Lost, it's kind of got that. I mean, yeah. it actually has the guy that created it is I think Patrick Somerville, I think is his name, mm -hmm. but he was a writer on like uh, The Leftovers, which was like okay, Damon yeah. Lindelof's show after one of his shows after Lost. After Lost, yeah, yeah, and, uh, that was an interesting show. I like, I like Leftovers. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I was a big fan of that one, and then. So it kind of has a similar type of vibe where it, you're kind of drilling deep into the, each character and like each episode kind of might focus on someone totally different than you're expecting. Like someone who's like a, just has a small supporting role in the first episode will suddenly like later on in the season, like there's a whole episode dedicated to them and you're like, oh, so that's what, what, what their role is in this whole thing. Yeah, I feel like, because I'm only three episodes into it, so I feel like when I get to the next two, maybe I'll know more about it, or, you know, if I get about halfway through it, and I, know, I might say, yeah, it's higher on my list, or it'd be on my list, but I haven't seen enough of it. The fifth episode is, I thought it was pretty amazing. Okay. I think that might yeah. be my favorite so far. Okay, really? Uh, I don't know, I'm just curious. It's kind of one of those shows where, like, I don't, I'm just interested, I'm curious where it's going to go, but. No, it, it's definitely unique and really, it's really cool. And I like, I like apocalyptic shows anyway. Like that's my, like anything like that, like Twelve Monkeys or something. That's one of my favorite movies. Everyone was complaining. Well, you don't want to do this kind of show in the middle of a pandemic. I'm like, no, this is when you should do it. You know? It's more so, uh, to me. It it feels almost like a more uplifting Walking Dead or something. Okay, yeah. Or I was thinking of like because I think a lot of the show is about like you know like it, when it goes into the future, it's about people dealing with their like trauma and everything but yeah it, but they're using like art and like there's a lot of like shakespeare type stuff they're all kind of like you're right uh, yeah. actors and performers a lot of it is about like 
art and like why art has so much meaning to like helping you kind of endure your life and all this. I, kind of I stuff. sense that a little bit in the third episode because the lady draws the uh, the comic, which gets the show its name, Station Eleven. Um, yeah, and she's yeah. like an artist, and her connection to people is a big part of that episode. And yeah, so, yeah, I agree with you. There's like definitely. You know, sort of preserving society and, and what matters in, in this kind of a world where obviously people aren't paying bills and living in a conventional way. So I, I definitely got that sense, but I, like I said, I haven't seen enough of it to, yeah. to go all the way with it yet. But I yeah, can't that, remember. There's, there's some motto that people keep saying it's like survival isn't enough or it's something, yeah, something like yeah. that. Like we're, I can't remember what it is either, like, but you're right. Yeah, why some do kind people, of, what makes helps people, helps you live? I don't I guess it's, it's interesting as someone who even just likes. You know, TV and, and all these stories and entertainment and stuff, and uh, kind of how that stuff kind of does give you kind of a reason to keep going sometimes or whatever. Sure. No, uh, I thought it, I thought it was really good what I saw. Yeah. Uh, just wasn't enough episodes for me to put it on the list, but we're doing what honorable mentions. I don't anything that we just didn't mention that. You well, thought? I will say um, we did put Better Call Saul on here because it didn't air this uh. year. But when it comes back, that would definitely be on this list. That's, was, I almost wore a Better Call Saul <laughs> shirt today. Yeah, that was my big disappointment is that Better Call Saul didn't air this year. That's um, my most anticipated, like, by a long shot. That's my favorite show next... by far. Me too. Yeah. That's, that's wow. the one thing that would, I think, knock Succession off the list a little bit is, is Better Call Saul. I think it's the best written, best acted thing on television. Uh, but they didn't do it this year because of the pandemic in part, and then Bob Odenkirk had a heart attack. But I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be maybe February, March of next year. I think so. I heard they might have to split it up. Yeah, I think they are going to split it up. I don't know if you saw, I, I, I posted on Instagram, like, I, I went on this trip out to, like, California and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. And we stopped in uh, Albuquerque. Yeah, And I got yeah. to go to all these locations from the, the show. The Breaking Bad trip, yeah, Like, I the, saw that. the Better Call Saul shirt that I was going to wear, it's from uh, Loyola's, which is, uh, like, the place where Mike, like, it's, like, his restaurant that he always hangs out at. The bar he hangs out at? It's, like, a, he's, like, always he sitting there. Uh, Walter White? He's, a. Uh, uh, no, well, you're talking about the coffee that shop might or the be, bar? The, the coffee shop. Kind coffee of, shop, okay, yeah. It's kind of like a diner kind yeah, of place. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not sure about yeah. Uh, but I got the shirt like at the place. Like we went and ate there, and you can sit there. I was like, that's Mike's. Booth that's Mike's diner. That's where Mike sits. And where Lydia like, like, turns her back to him. He's like, yeah, that's <laughs> where. Make this play yeah. better. And he's like, I think it'll play fine. It was so cool like to go and see all the places like we i went to the mall like where they shot the like cinnabon stuff and oh man yeah. and it was like you went all out yeah it was crazy like i went on the breaking bad tour thing in the rv and stuff like i need to do that i mean it was awesome it was if you like especially if you like that stuff but oh, but yeah. uh when i was out there i think they were well they were still shooting the show and i didn't ever see them there but we at one point we did go out to the uh i went with my dad we went to uh the studios where they shoot them it's like a kind of it's called ab albuquerque studios <laughs> it's kind of out by the airport basically mm-hmm. but it's like if you go out there it's like i think netflix bottom so there's like these giant netflix signs like over them but i was just sitting there like that's where they shoot <laughs> better call Saul. like that's where they uh made breaking bad like yeah. inside that that's mecca we're just right eating there, like yeah. pizza at this place <laughs> like right next to it and you're just like oh my gosh and then uh yeah, we went around to the different locations, like the nail salon and stuff. Mm. Like, that was actually kind of funny because it was like a Saturday. We were just kind of going through this, this map of different places, and there was like nobody at the nail salon, like on this like Saturday morning kind of time when we went. Mm. And uh, there was no one there. And I'm like, I got out of the truck and like, I'm taking pictures. 
and this lady inside that she kind of saw me and I think she kind of she waved at me or something and I was just like should I go in there and try to get a, I don't know pedicure I don't know what because <laughs> you know yeah, you do one yeah. I think they, the it was kind of cool because a lot of the you can tell the shows are like a big part of the community there and like the mm. Well, I stopped in Albuquerque years ago. I really loved being there. It's a yeah. nice little town. But at the time, they weren't doing uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. So I, I didn't go to any of those places. But it's I've been crazy. A couple of restaurants out there. Yeah. I liked it. I, li- I liked it too. I felt kind of bad because all we were doing was looking at Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad locations. Yeah. So I was like, I do care about you guys as a as a place, but like, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind no, of just give me my my Better Call Saul Breaking Bad <laughs> fix. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's that was one I want to mention. Um, neither one of, one of us had Yellowstone, which I didn't think was very good this year. Especially, I haven't ever really watched that one, but uh, it is popular. It's the most popular show on TV, so I thought I should mention it just for that reason. I was going to mention Ted Lasso, who's yeah. on number twelve. You and said you didn't have Apple. I don't have Apple, so I haven't watched it, but I've heard it's good. Yeah, yeah that's just like a really kind of feel good type show. It's just it's like a I don't soccer know. coach or something, right? Yeah. That's one of those shows where I, th- I think a lot of people have seen it, but I don't... It's kind of popular, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's good I, show. I drew the line at Apple, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. There's too <laughs> like many. Paramount Plus and Apple, I was like, no, come on. There's so, too many streamers. I got a computer, so like I got a, a year of Apple TV for it. If I, I had I an Apple phone, I would get I the free service, have, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem having Android. I don't uh, get the Apple. Yeah. I don't get the Apple uh, I thought about, because there were some shows I kind of liked on there. Like the, Was it The Expanse or... No, not The Expanse. Uh... They had a new sci-fi that show. That's supposed right. to be, yeah, something like that. To be I haven't good. watched a lot of the stuff on there. I've mainly watched Ted Lasso and like a few movies. Will of Time is another one on Amazon that a lot of, has oh, okay. a lot of buzz. Yeah, yeah. So that's another one that I need to get into at some point. But yeah, there's just so much to watch. You know? uh, yeah, I had Hacks on HBO Max. I thought was really good. I've heard that's good. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how much I want to even talk about these shows. And then uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I I just like that always, show. Always and, a staple. Yeah. And uh. It ended last, the newest season last night. Mm-hmm. It's one of those shows where, like, I, I guess I wouldn't rank it like super high, but I still have fun watching I it. Didn't, I didn't watch this season, but I've watched several seasons of it. It's, yeah. it's funny. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, what we do in the shadows. On yeah, FX that's another one. Hulu, I, need, I need to get. It, I've good. seen the first season of that, but I need to get more into that. Yeah. That's, that's funny too. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right. Well, that might be it. Yeah, oh. I can't think of anything else really. There was one show that I got into. I was wanting to mention it, but I didn't know if it came out this year. Mm. It's this kind of small show on Netflix called Midnight Diner. I think they mentioned it on the watch one time, and I was like, that sounds no, I don't think interesting. I heard that. So I, I went and watched it. It's like a Japanese show. Mm-hmm. And it's They did three seasons, like in Japan, and then I guess Netflix took over, and like they did like the fourth and the fifth season. It's called Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories, I think. Okay. I've never even but heard of this. It's uh, it's set in Tokyo in this like kind of small little like like you go down the, some little alleyway or like how they, like I've never been to Tokyo but yeah uh, this tiny like little it's almost like a room it's just a little restaurant there's like one guy that that's the cook in the diner I think it opens at midnight yeah midnight <laughs> midnight to seven a.m. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's all these like people who come in who are like up all night and they come just come yeah. and show up and it's all these like little stories where like i mean some of the stuff is like pretty like adult kind of like uh, is, is it animated or, or not? it's not it, oh, it's okay. based on a, a manga i think okay. I, I found out after i'd watched it but it's basically like an anthology show where it's like just some character will come in to the diner and like it might be about 
to some of the stuff is like I was saying it's more adult, but it's also like really really wholesome. Like it's a, a lot of it is about these like kind of like lonely people who come in. And, it's like little vignettes about people. Yeah, yeah, it'll focus. Each episode will focus on like one little two people that come in or or something like some two customers like maybe they're like one of the guys like has a crush on mm. a girl that's there and but she's into this real estate agent somewhere else is it kind of like a jim jarmusch kind of you know like like kind of uh i guess i'm not, not on earth or something you know it's it's kind of uh i'm trying to think of what to i would compare it to it's not i mean the Robert episodes Robert Altman or the episodes are like 20 minutes or whatever they're like bite-sized and they kind of they're just short stories and they're kind of uh when you first turn it on it's like you're like in a car like driving through uh tokyo like it like late at night it's like all these but the music is just like real gentle like guitar it's like real like uh the mood of it is like really uh i was recommending it to a friend recently and i was like it's kind of something you'd want to watch like before you go to bed like it just mm. it's real cozy really and kind of like yeah, yeah. it's really cool, yeah I like it a lot. I don't know if it aired this year, but it's something I got into this year, and it was it was something where I started watching, it and I was just like, "Man, this is like, it's not like a big crazy show or anything. It's all just like tiny little character stories and stuff." But no, I didn't uh, check it out. Did you watch uh, uh, Love, Death, and Robots? Uh, I think I watched one or two episodes of it. I, didn't, I don't think I saw the, I the new thing. season this year. It definitely didn't make my list, but. I thought it was really cool. It's like little short stories, kind of like you're saying, but they're all sci-fi, anime. You know, some are in the horror realm more than sci-fi. Some are more okay. fantasy, but That's it's cool. it's definitely like a like an anime style short story kind of thing. Okay. And it's all technology driven. Like it's what's yeah. called Love, Death, and Robots. But that anyway. looked interesting. I did, I think I just didn't stick with some it. Some of them are bad. Like some of them are really bad. But <laughs> <laughs> like kind of uneven. Yeah, it's like there's definitely ones where you're like, well, I don't know why they made that one. But then there's some that are really good. Like there's some that are like excellent. Yeah. That was how I felt about that Star Wars Visions mm-hmm. show. I don't know if you know. It was like a Star Wars show uh, on yeah, Disney yeah, Plus yeah. that I didn't watch that one. It was made by all these like anime studios. Like they'd each make, they got all these like anime studios to make like one Star Wars. Mm-hmm. type show and they but they could kind of like invent it it wasn't like it's not like a canon or whatever but yeah it was kind of interesting like creatively like whatever they came out with i hate the word canon <laughs> in, <laughs> both, in both contexts <laughs> cool uh all right we've been well. going for a while yeah it's uh, a little longer i thought but you know hey we got them out there yeah thanks to anybody who listened to this hope it was interesting maybe you heard about some stuff that you hadn't heard about and hopefully we didn't spoil anything for you but uh all right we did a little bit but what can you say thanks for doing this jack i'll see you again yeah all right bye